This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. The Bastards are back for this Friday edition of Deep Dives. We are part of the Minute Media Podcast Network. Just a quick disclaimer for any first-time listeners, this is not a Homer podcast. We call it how we see it. When the Red Sox are dominating, we will celebrate that. When they are getting destroyed, we will be critical and at times savagely blunt. If you are easily offended, press the stop button immediately. But for those who embrace it, let's get rolling. I am Jason Kelly coming to you from Canton, Massachusetts. I'm your host for this Deep Dives edition of the podcast tonight. Joining me from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Terry Cushman. Terry, how you doing? Doing good. Uh, just kind of gearing up for a tough month of July and uh, looking at some Freddie Freeman news, which is getting more insane by the day. So, yeah, the Freddie Freeman story is uh, taking baseball by storm. So we will certainly be getting into that. Um, also joining us tonight from the mile high city of Denver, Colorado, by way of Quincy, Massachusetts, is Andrew Dewan. What's up, Andrew? I can promise you I will not cry through this appearance like Freddie Freeman. <laughs> yeah, no, please, no crying on the podcast. <laughs> that was, wow. Yeah, that was an all-timer to see that. Um, <laughs> haven't haven't seen one of those kind of uh, breakdowns at a, at a podium in a while. So that was pretty entertaining. Um, before we get into it, uh, Terry, where can they find you on Twitter? You're so much better at this than I am. Uh, at Cushman MLB and the podcast account is at Bastards underscore Boston. Cool. And Andrew, where can they find you? This could be at Andrew Dwan MLB on Twitter. Okay. And if you choose to, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Color of the Iris if you want to yell at me for my Jackie Bradley takes, by all means, feel free. So let's get into the Freddie Freeman news. Um, Probably the biggest story in baseball right now. So for those who are unaware of what's going on with that whole situation, the basic summary is this. Freddie Freeman, as we all know, signed with the LA Dodgers this past offseason after winning a World Series with the Atlanta Braves and being there for the first half of his career. Um, got a huge contract from the Dodgers. They, you know, they really uh, backed up the Briggs truck for him. Um, it has come. So everyone was surprised because Freddie Freeman was a, you know, the face of the, the Atlanta Braves and no one really expected him to leave, but he did. So now what has come to light in the last week or so, Freddie Freeman uh, and the Dodgers went down to Atlanta to play the Braves. And Freddie Freeman received his World Series ring as a part of that. And he did a whole big emotional press conference, as we mentioned, where 
He was shedding tears about the whole situation. He said that he was not happy with how his negotiations went. Uh, he then announced that he was looking to switch representation, basically blaming his agent for everything that happened. Uh, following that, Doug Gottlieb of CBS Sports came out with a report that uh, Freddie Freeman's agents never went back to him and gave him the Atlanta Braves offer. So the Atlanta Braves had reportedly offered Freeman a counteroffer to what the Dodgers were, were looking to give him. And Freeman's agent never told him about it. This is, again, according to Doug Gottlieb. So that obviously took the baseball world by storm. Um, but now Freeman's agent has come out just tonight and has uh, refuted that claim and has said that it's absolutely not true um, that he did tell Freddie Freeman about the Braves counteroffer and that he is now going to be pursuing any legal action against Doug Gottlieb and whoever else uh, was responsible for publishing that report. So that whole thing is a bit of a cluster, but the bottom line is uh, Freddie Freeman does not feel as though he was given all the information required or that he wanted before signing with the Dodgers. So with all that being said, uh, Terry, I'll start with you. Who is the most to blame here? Is it Freddie Freeman? Is it his agents? Is it the Atlanta Braves? Who do you put this on the most? You know, it, it's hard for me to really make up my mind one way or the other right now. Um, I, I just checked Doug Gottlieb's Twitter, and this is about 1 a.m. on uh, Friday morning. So that's uh, that's the actual hour we're on right now. Um, Freddie, in his World Series post-game interview, like minutes after winning the World Series, was asked by the Fox Sports crew, uh, you know, if his future was going to remain in Atlanta. And he gave them the very, you know, business, well, we'll see. We have to have conversations. It just kind of depends. So he, he was taking the, the stereotypical route that most free agents take, you know, much like you know, well, Mookie signed earlier, but he, he was given the same lines that Mookie was given the Red Sox. Um, and it was a very long drawn out winter for him. The Red Sox of all teams were said to be in it. We don't still to this day know how active uh, they were. And it, it very much seemed like it was coming down to Atlanta and L.A., and I kind of find it hard to believe that Freddie wasn't in some contact with the Atlanta executives, given how long he was there and how powerful he is within the MLB landscape. I doubt it was just his agent 100%, you know, wheeling and dealing. So I, I guess for now, I, I think it's, it's more on Freddie than anything. And I would like to point out the most awkward thing about his 
very emotional press conference, and I'm probably being nice by describing it that way, is that it was all Atlanta stuff in the background. It was like an Atlanta Braves backdrop because it was in Atlanta. So it was almost like he was giving a Braves interview, <laughs> but there he was sitting in his Dodger uniform with the Atlanta backdrop uh, behind him on the wall. So, um, yeah, it was uh, a little awkward to watch. It definitely you know, was, yeah. yeah. Freddie had every reason and every right to be emotional. You know, he was drafted at age 18. He's 32 now. He gave them damn near half of his life. You know, that's a long time to be with one person, one company, one job. And he created a life for himself down there. He had a wife, he has kids. There's been videos in the past where he's taking his kids trick or treating and there's he's running across kids trick or treated as him and he'll start going around the neighborhoods walking door to door with them so he built up you know that relationship with the families with the community so i don't blame him one bit for being emotional i think he deserved to be emotional and i think it'd be weird if he wasn't and i think you know there was some something horrible behind the scenes if he was like yeah no it's a good time but i'm glad i'm in la like just completely cold but the agent works for him at the end of the day and i do believe he was trying to squeeze every last damn bit of money out of atlanta and I think that bit of money he was trying to squeeze was lower than what he thought he was going to get. Because he's a 32-year-old, as I stated before, first baseman. Eight-year deals for 32-year-old first baseman do not work out. Look at the great some of the greatest players of our generation are on the worst contracts of all time. I mean, just right now, the Red Sox in back-to-back series saw them. We saw Miguel Cabrera. We saw Albert Pujols. Teams are smart now. They're not even – they're not – they're not lining up to give Artie Moreno money anymore. So I think he overplayed his hand. I think old, I think uh, Atlanta was a little cold-blooded moving on that quick to get Matt Olson. I don't think they're wrong to go get Matt Olson. I think Matt Olson at this point is a superior player who's going to perform longer. And they didn't give up that much when you consider the pieces and positions that they did straight out to Oakland. So – I don't know. I, I Oakland or Oakland, Atlanta probably, you know, they haven't been catching much heat lately. And I think they're kind of glad that the spotlight's off them because it was on them when he first signed. It was on them hard. I mean, that's the thing. Like you said, Atlanta, the Atlanta Braves were being dragged through the mud by the entire baseball community. People saying, how could you not, you know, shovel out the money for this guy who was a, you know, a franchise leader and, and all this, it's similar to the criticism that the Red Sox got when they traded away Mookie, where everyone in this fan base lost their minds. Uh, how could you not back up the brink truck for this guy? And Mookie was only here five years. I mean, he wasn't here nearly as long as, as Freddie Freeman was in Atlanta. Um, but you know, the, to the point that you mentioned, it's true. Like the agent works for you, Freddie. So if you really wanted to, if your heart was in Atlanta, then just go sign with Atlanta instead of trying to squeeze every penny out of them and, you know, having these hard fought negotiations with them and, 
you know, taking them, you know, to the mattresses almost. It's like, if you wanted to play in Atlanta, then you, you would have signed the deal, but you wanted the most money at the time. And now I just feel like he's got, you know, there's buyer's remorse. He's got like signer's remorse because he signed with the Dodgers and now he's out there and he's realizing, Oh, you know what? This really isn't for me. Um, which is too bad. But the, the thing is, what I wonder is you've heard some of his Dodgers teammates have now been saying, well, because of all this, we hope that we're not second fiddle. Like we hope that he's invested and I think it's a fair second guess, but I mean, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. So I didn't buy it that much yesterday. I thought it was kind of weird of Kershaw to say that. Go get healthy first, Clayton. Then we'll talk. Um, Clayton Kershaw is represented by Excel Sports Management. He's arguably uh, their biggest client. And I don't know how much, you know, truth is behind this Doug Gottlieb rumor. But that's a little suspicious that, you know, uh, their biggest client after Freddie Freeman is Clayton Kershaw. And Clayton Kershaw gets on top of the story a couple days ago and says, you know, he's kind of poo-pooing it. Like, can we stop talking about Atlanta now? That, I think, has a little more potential because not only is Clayton Kershaw one of their biggest clients, Dan Z. Swanson. Freddie Freeman's teammate in Atlanta is also an Excel sports management client. So there's a little bit of a web going on where I think both we're getting both teams now kind of, I don't want to say fighting for Freddie, but I don't know. I, I think Freddie is going to, he fired his representation to look good in this, whole situation so he better hope to god that doug gottlieb report is correct because i think friday looks the worst there's a, a few things kind of floating around in my head um it, it you know clayton i thought kershaw's comments were weird and that's what i was conveying to you guys yesterday and it, it, to me, it just seems extremely awkward for the Dodgers to have this front row seat that they're forced to sit in here. And they have to watch this drama unfold. And I, I don't think they're crazy about it. And I'm just wondering what's being said behind the scenes right now. What's Freddie saying to them? And another thing that came to mind, too, is... And again, like Andrew said, we don't know if the Doug Gottlieb rumor is true. We don't know if Freddie Freeman's agent withheld whatever the final deal Atlanta gave was. But what if Atlanta's a little upset? If that were true, what if Atlanta's a little upset? Like, wait a minute, you mean we had a chance to retain Freddie Freeman and and we didn't? So where do they stand with this? That, that's why I'm not dismissing the Doug uh, Gottlieb rumor. Now, just a quick numbers thing real quick. Freddie Freeman's having a much better year than Matt Olson is. Granted, you know, Freddie's at the front end of a six-year deal. Probably not going to 
be so graceful on the on the back end of it. But who knows? I mean, Cabrera and Pujols have have hung around as first baseman, and you know perhaps Freddie will uh, you know be more productive than they were in their late thirties. But Freddie's hitting three oh six right now. Uh, with uh, a 388 on base, he's been flirting with 400 all year long. He he's really stayed right right about there. Uh, eight home runs. He's got a 2.4 WAR. Doing very good. Matt Olson not doing terrible, but you know he's he's hitting 253 right now. He's got four more home runs than Freddie. Um, a, a 350 on base, which is very respectable. 1.5 war. He is, let's see, four years younger than Freddie. That's why he got an eight-year deal. Um, but so Atlanta is not really hurting with Matt Olson. But who would you rather have in 2022 or 2023? I'm still taking Freddie. <laughs> oh, I am too. Yeah, if it's a choice between Matt Olson or Freddie Freeman for the next two years, yeah, I, I think Atlanta would absolutely prefer to have Freddie Freeman. Um, but at the same token, like, yes, he, you know, by all accounts did spurn their offer and he, he took a massive deal from the Dodgers. It has a lot of deferred money attached to it. Um, it's, it's a pretty big contract. And, you know, Andrew pointed out like it, these first basemen who signed these contracts in their age 32 or 33 year, it, it doesn't always work out great. Yeah. They can hang around, but, I think Atlanta feels pretty good about where they're at right now, especially since, you know, it doesn't look like they did anything wrong in this whole drama scenario. They, they'd made their offer and, you know, Freddie ultimately decided to take more money and whether or not the agent can, you know, conveyed their offer to Freddie or not, you know, it's, they, they still ended up with a pretty good player and, you know, they're still contending this year. So, um, you know, ultimately in the long run, they probably feel pretty good. They still got a really good farm system. They've got young kids coming up left and right. But yeah, I, I think, you know, would they prefer to have Freddie back just to kind of heal that wound a little bit? Yeah, maybe, maybe just a bit. So it's, it's interesting. And, you know, Andrew, you brought up Dansby Swanson, you know, how's this going to affect his negotiations? Because he infamously is, he's going to be a free agent. And he's another guy that he didn't start out with the Braves. He started out with Arizona, was traded there. But he's a Georgia kid, local guy, fan base loves him. Pretty good shortstop, too, having a good year. So, you know, how do you see that playing out potentially? Excel's going to be pissed about this right now because they had, they could play, he's more of a hometown guy than Freddie even was, you know, with Dansby. First overall pick, obviously, you know, not by Atlanta, but I don't even know if he played any minor league games for Arizona. Maybe he played a handful, but he's as brave as they come. He won a ring with them. Obviously, Freddie too, but he's having an amazing season. He's absolutely on fire right now. He's one of the top shortstops in the league, arguably outperforming the shortstop in Boston at this rate. I don't know. I I don't know if he changes his representation. I don't know what this does for baseball. I'm assuming there will be uh, a statement put out. I know they said not to um, pursue Freeman right now, 
Um, but baseball will have to say something because this is they can't have this in the back of you know everyone's minds. I I don't know what happens with Swanson. I think any hopes of no matter how slim they were, any hopes of getting him done midseason, that's out the window. Yeah, they've got a, a little too much drama going on to be uh, negotiating contracts at this point. Um, and, you know, you mentioned he, he's having a better year than Sander Bogarts is. So, Terry, who would you rather have this offseason? Would you rather hang on to Xander Bogarts, work out something there, or Dansby Swanson, if it came down to that? I mean, Bogarts has sustained uh, a perennial all-star level for the last five or six years. And, and Swanson is more of a flash in the pan this year. I mean, he's been, he's been decent uh, as a middle infielder, but certainly not what Bogarts has been, but the, so that's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is what's their next five or six years going to be. And, with Bogarts, we're kind of thinking he's going to break down a little bit. Probably not going to be a, a great middle infielder by that point. And and with Swanson, it's a bit of a mystery. I mean, some of these guys are late bloomers, and they go on to to be really robust in their in their thirties. But um, I would probably rather have uh, Xander of the two. I'm glad you brought that up, though, because we're seeing the the friction that Freddie's had between his agents. And regardless of what the rumors are, he did fire his agent. So you've got Scott Boris with Xander Bogarts, and you've had mixed signals all year long. You know, the Red Sox kind of lowballed Xander by just simply tacking on an extra 30 million uh for an extra year so not really giving him a, a a raise year by year and i i strongly get the sense that xander bogarts does not want to leave boston he does not want to leave boston he said at the end of spring training he goes we're done talking for the season we'll we'll talk next winter and then he flip-flops and what was that late may something like that and says you know what actually i i think we could be under the right circumstances be willing to talk uh during the season and then boris comes dive bombing in the next day and just shuts that down says no 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 absolutely not so there's a there's a communication issue right away between xander and scott and i don't think i i think in the back of bogart's mind right now He's like, I'm going to get stuck playing for another team, and it's not necessarily even going to be a mega deal because my agent's hell-bent on an unrealistic goal. And I've said ever since May that perhaps Scott Boris's style of negotiating just doesn't suit Xander. He's probably not going to have Xander's best interests at heart. And... I wonder if that will be a distraction at some point. We just said in the very last show that Bogarts, he's kind of quieted down a little bit. He hasn't been terrible, but certainly not what he was in the 
in the first couple of months. I wonder if it is a distraction at this point. So I we'll see what happens. That that's going to be a an interesting angle. I'd love it. It's not going to happen. But if Xander Bogats fires Scott Boris, oh my god! But well, and that's that's what I was going to ask. Do you think that's possible? If, if it gets to a point where, because again, we we keep saying it, the agent works for the players, but the agent also wants to get the most money he can for any deal. So if Xander tells Scott Boris, especially of all people, one of the most notorious negotiators of all time, if he tells Scott Boris, hey, you know what? I'm okay taking like 15 million less to stay in Boston. Does there potentially come a scenario where the agent in some sense kind of fires the player and Scott Boris just goes, you need to find new representation because, you know, I, I can't negotiate those kind of deals. That's a, an interesting uh, scenario. I hadn't thought of it, but it wouldn't surprise me. And I think Scott Boris is just fed up with Boston because Veritech did the same thing to him. He had no interest playing somewhere else, took a, took a lesser deal, and the rest was history. Scott, Scott does have one upper hand in this negotiation where he knows he can play the public here and they'll all be pissed off no matter what. Like he'd be like, you know, they'd offer me the ten years, and Boston fans are like, ah, how couldn't you offer him ten years? You know, yeah, he he's got that one. He's got that uh, ace in the hole there. So I I think he could play that, but who knows? Maybe Z- I hope Xander wins out on this, and I hope Trevor Story wants to play second, and I hope Devers wants to play third. And I just hope we keep this together for another five or so years. I, I think most Red Sox fans would agree. Yeah. Go ahead, Terry. I think, Andrew, you pointed out that, you know, the Yankees might target one of these premium shortstops. And I still disagree with you guys. I think judges stay in put. But, but the one thing I wonder is if you go back to the 2019 offseason, Machado was the big fish as a middle infielder, but the Yankees went with LeMahieu and it worked out brilliantly. I wonder if perhaps Bogarts will be the LeMahieu here to Carlos Correa and maybe the Yankees hone in on, on Bogarts. How, how epic would that be in terms of, I've said, I've said, I think, I think I said last show, I think they either end up with, um, Xander or Correa. So I I wouldn't doubt if it was Xander because you pay him enough, I guarantee he'd probably play third for them over there. Yeah, it, it would be spicy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean they they have a need there, right? That you know, they signed was it Kiner Falefa for, for this season, but that's not a long term solution. They you know, that was just a holdover until Correa and Bogarts and maybe even Damsby Swanson uh, all become free agents. So Man, I, you know, we, we used to hear about that every every year that David Ortiz would come up. It's like if, if negotiations weren't going well, you could tell because he would always make some offhand comment about, well, you know, I can always go play in New York. And then everyone would lose their minds. And, you know, he never ended up signing there. Um, I, I would hope that that doesn't happen. I would hope the Red Sox would 
do the proper thing and step up and prevent their biggest division rival from signing Xander Bogarts. But I don't know if the Yankees really back up the Brinks truck for him. That could be tough. Did the Yank, uh, excuse me, did, did Ortiz ever actually hit free agency? Cause I want to say he was always extended during the season. I don't think they ever allowed him to get that far. I don't think he ever did. No, I, yeah, I, I feel like it was always hinted at that he might, but it never quite got to that point. I remember him having meltdowns, like specifically one time he's like, I'm not getting the respect I deserve. And then like four days later, he gets his, he gets his money. But, um, but yeah, they always seem to react to Ortiz. Now, if, if Bogarts goes to New York, like where does that rank? Because the, the Johnny Damon one was painful you know, the fans wanted him to stay and he was right within reach. I still can't believe the Red Sox didn't cough up the extra six or 8 million, whatever it was. And so that was a little bit painful, but then when Ellsbury signs with them, not that painful, we're like, "Eh, whatever, that's not going to work out for them anyway. And now just we're we're getting very hypothetical here with the Bogarts Yankees talk, but but I feel like half the fan base would want to light Fenway Park on fire. There's just... How, like we get it if it doesn't if he doesn't come back like we understand on this podcast the you know the dynamics of it you know we've got some prospects in that area and then payroll and value overall value but some fans just aren't gonna get it at all and so for them it's gonna be super painful I feel like I mean. It'd be Wade Boggs all over again, right? I think that's a pretty fair one. Well, I guess Wade was a few years older, but I think he, you know, was an all-star and MVP candidate. He had that that freaking clip of him riding that stupid ass horse, right? You know, if we want to ring with them, I don't know. I think it'd be between Boggs, which I don't think he catches enough shit for, and Damon. I think we'd be right in the middle of that. Where I don't know, although I. Don't think it would. I don't think Red Sox fans would be mad at the Yankees, which they should be. Yeah, that's that's the thing that like I I think it's worse than Damon for sure. If if Xander ends up leaving, um, I I don't know. I was never a Wade Boggs guy. I've said this on the podcast before. I think it's disgusting that his number is retired at Fenway Park. One of the stupidest decisions by ownership. Um, so I would say it's even worse than the Wade Boggs thing. It's it may be a top three, top five. Like if it does happen, worst all time losing a Red Sox to the Yankees or losing a Red Sox to another competitor, it, it would be pretty high up there. And um, yeah, and, and fans would naturally blame probably blame management first, and then they would slowly start to turn on Xander. But really, they should be mad at the Yankees, as Andrew said. But yeah, it'd be a bad one. So certainly let's hope that that talk stays hypothetical and they, uh, they figure it out. But um, any final thoughts on, on any of that? I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of deep dives. Um, we'll wait and see how the Freddie Freeman thing plays out over the next days and weeks as uh, I'm sure it's going to be in the news pretty much every day. So we will be back on Monday, July 4th, right, to break down the Cubs series, which we're hoping is uh, the last sort of softy for for a while. But 
we're hoping that they deliver on that. So we will see you all next week. Have a good July 4th weekend.